welcome. This is Erica Glessing, and I have a beautiful guest on the Erica Glessing Show today. This is where you can receive eight minutes of daily inspiration for entrepreneurs and lightworkers, and my guest today is both. He's a bright, shining light, and this is our uh, part two interview. So if you missed part one, go back into iTunes and get another copy of that. But for now, um, welcome, Matt Kahn. Well, thank you for having me. It's, it's a true delight to be here with you. Well, you know, I'm not going to um, jump around. We just touched on a beautifully hot topic in our uh, interstitial moment there. And so I want to ask you, for those lightworkers who operate uh, kind of a lot in their heads, how do we get into our body? How do we start experiencing the world if we, if we for many years, have just sort of not treated the body with that much um, awe? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I can tell you firsthand from my experience, I spent most of my life outside of my body. And even for the first many years of my teaching career, I was kind of unknowingly, I didn't know this, uh, partially in the body and hovering above the body in, in the crown chakra. So I used my crown chakra for all of my work. And, you know, recently we were talking about this. I've recently come fully into the body through a very auspicious moment of transformation. And now that I'm in the body, I have hundred percent capacity of my abilities and I can just see things from different perspectives and so to answer your question what can we do to be in the body is a matter of taking time to be aware of the body so the more attention we give the body and I think the confusion about that is on a spiritual journey we confuse being aware of the body and giving the body attention to working on ourselves. So often light workers will say, I'm spending time focusing on my body, but they're trying to clear something. They're trying to activate something. They're trying to resolve something, a memory from the past. And none of this is wrong, by the way. But in order to be in the body, we have to simply be aware of the body. So for example, emotions arise in the body. So when an emotion arises, it's more so an opportunity to befriend the feeling, like before we were talking about befriending time, befriend the feeling, to welcome the feeling, to respect the feeling, to acknowledge the feeling, and to allow our time with our body to be as if we were spending it with a close partner or even our own beloved, that we learn to relate to our feelings as, I'm going to spend time validating your existence even if what you are feeling is, is uncomfortable, and even if the thoughts in your head tend to be negative or disempowering. We're not here to try to change something. We're not here to try to get rid of something, to deny something. We're here to treat our body the way we always wanted people to treat us. Mm. And that makes it a very emotional journey. It makes it a very raw journey. And it makes it a very authentic journey. And so on a spiritual journey, when we are allowing ourselves to treat our body, our emotions, our desires, our thoughts, even our ego, in the way we wish other people would have treated us in the past, then we are really engaging in the sacred nature of spiritual practice by developing our own intimate partnership with self instead of just working on ourselves 
and unfortunately living under the judgmental scrutiny of a spiritual microscope. You know, I love that you brought that word judgment in. And I've been having so much fun interviewing Matt Kahn because he's like so fully like in tune that all I have to do is actually think a question. Although since it's a podcast, I'm going to go ahead and voice it as well. (laughs) 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 I'll give the question a little body. Um, But what I was, uh, what came up for me was this whole thing around judgment and self-judgment. And one of the things, Um, that I notice is that rampant among light workers and entrepreneurs, there's still this pattern of judging. It's just like, but it's like even more righteous, like how, you know, spiritual are you or do you know what I mean? So how can we help people release some of that uh, junk? The essence of judgment is we only judge the things that we haven't been given permission to spend time with. So one only judges another because they are suggesting that the way someone is acting is not what I wish to spend time with. And so the judgment is a way of pushing someone away as if to try to find safety in a state of distance or separation. And of course, we all have the right to spend little or as much time with anyone as as we choose. In our own personal lives, in our own minds, in our own experiences, we only judge the experiences and the feelings that we don't want to spend time with simply because the fear is if I spend time with the parts of me that I think are lacking or quote unquote unspiritual, then the more time I spend with those experiences, the more unspiritual I'm going to become. So I think there's the subconscious desire to maintain some form of spiritual status which of course is a, is a tendency of the spiritual ego to try to maintain a sense of spiritual status instead of seeing the most judgmental parts of me are the parts that are crying out and saying, please, dear God, will you spend some time with me? Mm-hmm. And of course, under the perfect conditions, the parts that want our attention would act the most welcoming and appropriate and we would enjoy that time. The parts of us that need our love the most are the parts that are showing us how separate from love they feel by acting in the most unsavory of ways. And so it's really important to look at ourselves and recognize that it's not about judging ourselves. And it certainly isn't about validating unconscious behavior. It's about taking the time to really spend time with ourselves because the more time we spend with ourselves by loving what arises and embracing our heart as divinity itself. The more time we do that, the more authentic we become, the more fulfilling life is, and more importantly, the actions of others are seen as the movement and grace of divinity instead of something someone is doing to you. Mm. And so there's a really big opportunity in spiritual evolution if we can go about it in a really heart-centered way. And it's okay to be hurt when someone judges you. It's okay to wish that you are beyond judgment. But in order for that to occur, the parts of you that only know how to judge have to be welcomed and given the privilege of your heart-centered attention. I love that. And actually, that really does bring me to your book. And um, Mm -hmm. I wonder if we could just maybe um, let the listeners know the name of your book and then just give us, um, I think we have a few minutes, you can give us a little bit of of the 
whatever arises, love that. Is that the name? That's the book. Yes. Whatever arises, love that. Uh-huh. And it is really a love revolution that begins with you. And what I mean by that is that everyone knows love is the answer. Everyone knows love is the most powerful and mysterious force in existence. Everyone knows that love is the highest vibration and everyone knows we come from love and in our highest embodiment of spiritual awareness, we are the radiance and we are the elegance and we are the grace of love. And at the same time, outside of romantic circumstances, I think it still has been a mystery as to what does it really mean to love? And of course, in involving healing and transformation of our soul's capacity, what does it mean to love ourselves? Because we can all know I should love myself more often. Mm-hmm. But what is the step-by-step process in which that is occurring? And so I wrote Whatever Arises, Love That to create like a roadmap so that one who understands love to be the final you know, the, the, the final attainment, our spiritual awareness, one who knows love to be the highest destiny that we reach, one who has value for love and wishes to explore it at its highest capacity through my book has now been given a roadmap to follow to actually experience the very love that we're all seeking. Who baby. <laughs> baby. Yeah, that was that was really awesome. That went so big. It kind of went beyond me a little bit, so that's awesome. Whenever I can't hear every word, it <laughs> kind of turns into like this kind of like um, information that I'm going to have to listen to the podcast a few times for it to kind of sink sure. in. So that's um, pretty uh, cool stuff here. Um, maybe just uh, if there's anything else you think that our audience could benefit from hearing and um, the people that are listening are in the trenches doing the work, helping the people, healing and working with other uh, individuals on healing. So uh, maybe just what else do we have for them? I think the most important thing on a spiritual journey is allowing ourselves to be the most genuine and sincere about our spiritual journey as possible. And what I mean by that is that it's easy for the spiritual journey to just be about collecting experiences, trying to overcome this, trying to chase after that. And it really becomes a, it really becomes a form of object consciousness, which is no different than someone who's, you know, out in the world, you know, looking for a partner or chasing that perfect career or whatever it is, you know, any, any type of I'm seeking something outside of me to hopefully change the way I feel on the inside. And on a spiritual journey, it's really easy to get caught up in that mentality. And I think that what's really important to know is that the things that happen to us that we endure and survive that are of the most painful circumstances that are of the deepest insurmountable tragedy these things occur to actually break us open into our deepest level of sincerity. And for most of us, you know, uh, nearly all of us, we're not meaning to be insincere. We just don't have access to a depth of sincerity that a spiritual path demands from us. We don't, we're not trying to be without respect, but there is a depth of reverence and respect that we have to tap into in ourselves in order for the spiritual journey to truly open us, open up and welcome us home. And so it is often in our deepest pain, 
in our greatest questions, in our most profound confusion, and in our most unexpected devastation, that life is simply trying to bust apart each and every barrier just to bring forth out of you a depth of sincerity, willingness, courage, and respect you may not have ever known within yourself. And, and, and really, I just saying those words, it conveys an energy that really helps us to focus our efforts a little differently. That cultivating a high vibration is not necessarily about trying to clear this or activate that. Cultivating a high vibration is about how sincere, genuine, and polite are you willing to become no matter how devastating your life is. And that's the journey that we're on. Oh, thank you so much for coming. This has been an amazing two interviews. And again, for anyone who missed the first one, um, go ahead and find it. You can just Google uh, on the Erica Glessing Show. Uh, Matt, how can we find you and sign up for your newsletter? <laughs> Please visit truedivinenature.com. That's T-R-U-E-D-I-V-I-N-E. N-A-T-U-R-E.com and you can check out the calendar for upcoming events. We have um, a store full of downloads to, to purchase and of course you can sign up for our newsletter and receive a free energetic download and I welcome everyone to explore it and again, what an honor to be here with you. Thank wow. you. Thank you.